Hi, and welcome to the My Dog Made Me Do It Naturally podcast. I am your host, Kat Jepsen, a canine nutritionist with an innate obsession with dogs and the natural ways in which we are driven to live because of them. So let's get to it. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the My Dog Made Me Do It Naturally podcast. I am your host, Kat Jepsen, and today I am joined by Trish. Hi, Trish. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Trish is the loving mama to Ronnie, who is a beautiful blue staffy. Um, and he's a special boy, isn't he, Trish? Oh, he's a prince. <laughs> and My today, little prince. <laughs> yeah. And today we're going to be talking about the conscious battle of trying to figure out what the right thing to do is. And that's in terms of the foods that we feed our pets. So, Trish, to kick off, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and Ronnie? Um, well, I'm just a trick, just a normal girl living in Billericay, Essex. And I got Ronnie, oh, where old is he now? He's five. He was five in November. And I got him as a puppy at eight weeks old. And he's living his best life in Billericay. And he's my prince. And I is a spoiled dog and I am one of them dog mums that gives him everything and goes without herself if needs be so he's a proper <laughs> spoiled boy so all, all the spare money goes on Ronnie <laughs> 100% all my money goes on Ronnie some might argue oh I think we're all in that in that position Trish are you not alone yep. on that one no thank god <laughs> <laughs> so what does your natural journey look like and how did it start well, um, Ronnie's a raw fed, he's on a raw diet at the moment, but it actually started in 2009, I want to say, when I had, my, I had my old dog, Jerry, who was a staffy cross and he was a rescue, and I got him when he was 16 weeks old, and he was undernourished, and he, he was just in a bit of a bad way, and I, and I, at that point, fed him kibble, because I was led to believe that that was the right thing to do, it was better for his teeth, it was better than wet food, it was better than canned food, um, all the all the all the benefits of kibble were, were told to me by various people and by my vet, and I didn't, and I honestly didn't know any different at that point. So I yeah. genuinely thought that kibble was the right thing to feed, and I'll never forget the first meal I ever gave Jerry. I put it down, and within in less than ten seconds, it was gone. And about <laughs> twenty minutes later, it was out. And oh. it, wasn't, it, it wasn't pleasant. He couldn't. And, I, and I, I thought, well, perhaps it's because he's on a different food. I don't know what he was eating before. Perhaps it's just because I've not had a chance to transition him onto food or yeah. perhaps it's that. And and then this this went on for a bit and I contacted the vet and then I fed him chicken and rice. I was told to feed him chicken and rice and that went through him as well. And I started to think, oh, God, is this is this part of Jerry's issues? Is he got really bad digestive problems and I but I, I was told to stick with the with the kibble so I did and we'd find one that worked for him and he'd eat it and he was always really food motivated as most staffies or staffy crosses are and he used to eat his food and everything would be going really good and then about four weeks in oh, oh sorry I just, I just lost you for a minute then um, <laughs> don't worry it's fine it's usually, usually Ronnie that knocks things over but this time it was me um <laughs> And then he, he would eat his food and then about four weeks in, he'd just out of the blue, he'd turn his nose up at it, wouldn't go near it, didn't want yeah. to go up to the bowl, sniff and walk away. And then I thought, oh, what do I do? I persevere because if he's hungry, he'll eat it. There was all of that. But my conscience got the better of me, so I would go and buy a different kibble and then the same thing would happen again and I'd buy a different kibble to the point where I bought every kibble, I think, none to man at that time i'm not kidding you i went through every single kibble on the market trying to find one that jerry would like and he would eat and then so did you uh, did you speak to your vet about this as well yeah and he said oh, oh he'll, eat, he'll eat if he's hungry he'll eat it he's being fussy and he said the vet said to me which i thought at the point at the time he might have had a point he said you're making him fussy because you're pandering to him you're giving him you're swapping and changing and he's he's, he's playing you he, he, you need to stick to the food if he's hungry he'll eat it as yeah. that said to me and yeah. I but I but because he wasn't eating and then I, I used to feel really guilty I used to think oh and I think because he was rescued he was in such a bad way when I got him you just want I just wanted him to be happy I wanted him to be healthy I wanted him to eat so I'd do anything I could to make that yeah. happen yeah. and then and then one day I went to a like an exhibition called um 
discover dogs at the Excel Centre and it, it's a bit like Crufts. So there was everything you could possibly think of for dogs on stalls. And I came across a raw company and I thought, raw dog food? I didn't think that was a thing. I, did, I genuinely at that point did not know that raw food was a thing. I thought it was kibble <laughs> or wet and that was it. I did not yeah. know that there was an alternative. And I, sat, I stood on the stall and I was talking to the lady and she was telling me about all the benefits of raw and how it's close to their natural diet. And I thought, I'm having some of that. That's where that's where we're going. That's what me and Terry are doing. So I bought some. I bought some and she gave it to me in like a cool bag and she she gave me a leaflet and she said, you can order online. And so Jerry, Jerry had been on raw, on kibble for two years at this point. So we'd done the kibble well, round, round the houses like for two his- years. With yeah. his problems as well for yeah. two years. And, oh, and I just thought he's got an iffy he's got an iffy belly. That's just the way he is. His belly turns on a sixpence. That's just one of his things. Yeah. So I just managed it as best I could. And he was he wasn't losing weight or anything. So it was just it was we just carried on really with changing all the kibbles every four weeks. And but yeah. when he went on to the raw, he he I he absolutely loved his food. He loved it. And his coat was glossy and it was really working for us. But the downside to raw at that time was there wasn't as many raw manufacturers as there is today. There was only a few at this exhibition. Yeah. And I can remember, I remember the packaging that it used to come in. It was in like big chub sort of sausage shape, you know, vacuum pack, and you'd put it in your freezer. It'd come frozen, you put it in your freezer. And when I took it out to defrost it, it was like a murder scene. It would leak <laughs> into my fridge. It would leak in the freezer. <laughs> and, I, and I'm and I'm not ashamed to tell you that I just thought I can't be dealing with this. This is this is horrific. I can't. Yeah. This is not. This is not convenient. I can't. You know, I didn't have the foresight to think. Well, I will tell you what, I'll do. I'll, I'll I'll defrost it in a in a bowl. Or no, no, no. I was just putting it straight in the fridge. It was like a car crash. And I just thought I can't do it. I can't do this raw business. It it it's, it can't be that good. There's not that much difference. And I went back to kibble. I went, yeah. And I'm ashamed to say that now because knowing what I know now, I went back to kibble because I genuinely thought that there wasn't much difference nutritionally. There couldn't be that much difference. He would, he was eating, he was putting on weight, he was healthy enough. The vets would tell me he was in good shape whenever we took him for his checkups and all of that. Yeah. And so I thought, yeah, you know, he's, he's all right on kibble, you know, his belly's a bit iffy, but he's all right. So I went from, I fed him raw for about six months and then swapped back. And then once raw became more popular and there was more raw manufacturers around, I, I kept I kept going back to the raw and I kept researching the raw and I kept thinking, now there's got to be a way that I can go back on raw. There's, got, you know, it was niggling at me. So eventually, yeah, yeah. I just thought, right, and I found a manufacturer that sent it to you in airtight sort of Tupperware containers, and it was easy to store and it was easy to put it in the fridge, and it just worked for us. And I never looked back. I never looked back and. Jerry lived till he was twelve, and he was he was a brindle tiger brindle boy, and he oh. had a lovely coat. And everybody used to say to me, "What do you? What, his teeth are lovely. His coat is lovely." The vet always, I say, the vet always used to say to me, "He's in really good shape. Whatever you're doing, he's really good." And I put and I genuinely put it down to the raw. Yeah. So so then, but then when I lost Jerry, I, as I'm sure most people do, or a lot of people do, I beat myself up about that, and I thought, oh. Is the reason why I've lost him? Is it because he had a heart attack, my Jerry? And um, I thought, is it was that because at some point in his life I fed him food that I shouldn't have done? Is that you know because I gave him the odd saveloy or I gave him, I gave him, I went back to kibble when I swapped his diets around all the time. Is it did it? Well, did I do something that contributed to him having a heart attack? You know, because you just you just you just don't know if you if there's something you could have done differently. So then yeah. when I got when I got Ronnie, I said, right, we're feeding him raw from the off. And I and I got him at eight weeks old, because because my husband Ian, he knew nothing about raw, he knew absolutely nothing about dog food. That's that was my, you know, feeding the dog was down to me. <laughs> he, he knows nothing about any of that. And to this day, he knows he's on a raw diet, he knows why, because I bore him about it, but he doesn't really know why we do it. He just does it because that's what we do. And and, and, and when I got Ronnie, I got him from a breeder. We got him at eight weeks and he was on kibble as well. And I yeah. thought, right, okay, that's what the breeder's giving him. As soon as I got him home, I thought, right, we're swapping that. I'd already bought the raw food ready. Yeah. So yeah. I had it in my freezer because I knew the day I was picking him up. So 
Ronnie's been on Raw from the off, and he's you know he's he's in brilliant. Again, whenever I take him to the vets for a checkup, or he get, we get stopped in the street, and people tell me what a love you know what a lovely dog he is and what good shape he's in. I have, believe it or not, though, Pat, I have had people say to me he's too skinny, which is another oh. thing that I think people battle with, and I, and and I've actually said to the vet before, is he too skinny? Is you know because you've got that like you've got for people, haven't you? It's the body index, and they should weigh. You know, Staffy should weigh between this and this, and yeah. you never know whether you know Ronnie's a long-legged Staffy, so he's not a little bullet type Staffy. He's oh, like a big, yeah, yeah. He's a yeah. he's a bigger boy, and I have people have said to me he's too skinny, and again, I've I've worried about am I feeding him enough? Is it oh. am I feed, am, is he malnutrition? Yeah. Is he too skinny? And I think it's not that he's too skinny. Well, I like to think it's not that he's too skinny. It's just that there's a lot of dogs that are overweight. He's not too skinny. He's right. It's that you're comparing it against yeah. dogs that perhaps definitely, are not. Definitely. And, and I struggle with though, that as Yeah, well. the thing is as well, like people say, you know, Safi should weigh between this and this, but I mean, who says? Like yeah. every dog is different. Every dog is, it might be a Safi, but he's also an individual. And if his best condition is a little bit slighter than the normal staffy, then why is that an issue for anyone? Mm. You know what I mean? Like and as long as like he goes without, it's yeah. not like he goes without. And the, and the other thing that I'm always mindful of, and I'm sure this is the same for I've only ever read staffies, so I can only talk about that. But staffies are so greedy. Ronnie would eat himself to death if I let him. <laughs> so I'm, I'm always mindful of he's, he's never full, and they never are full, are they? So yeah. he would if I gave in to every time he wanted food or every time he was hungry he would be he would be overweight and that and you're killing him with kindness then yeah you are i mean dogs are scavengers by nature mm. so it, they are every single time you have something to eat they're going to want some like like you say most mm. dogs would eat themselves to death it's in their nature it's mm. in their genes it's in their dna and i think you know like you say we have a tendency to feel guilty because you think they're starving but mm. they're just not they're just opportunistic they're like oh and even, so with, even within that, even though I think I'm feeding him the best that I can with what I've got, I I still struggle with: Am I feeding him enough? Is he has he got? Is he is he undernourished? Am I giving him enough? Has he got everything that he needs? It's it, for me, and it's probably my because I because I want to do the right thing as as all dog mums do, but I, I I really struggle with knowing whether I've done the right thing, whether I'm doing the right thing, and even when I think I've cracked it. Then I still want. Then I wonder again <laughs> whether <laughs> what I'm doing is still right. Because things move on in the dog world so much, don't they? Especially they dog do. nutrition. Things they... change all the time. There's new brands coming, and and I, you know, when when I was feeding Jerry kibble, you know, well, I said that we I swapped and changed because I was always researching. Is this the best kibble I can give him? Am I giving him the best that I got? And for me, perversely, now Raw has become the new kibble because there's so many different competitors on the market and some are better than others so i'm constantly and even when i think even if i you know if you find one and i do all my i'm one of them i do all my research i look at the ingredients i look well i don't really know what i'm looking at i think i do <laughs> but i don't in, you know in truth i don't i'm not and i'm no expert so i think i know what i'm looking at and i think i know yeah you know, i look at the percentage of meat and the percentage of bone and all of that yeah and, but even then you know you could get a what worries me now being the paranoid scale that I am trying to do the right thing is I find a brand and I think oh they're really good they are they're really good quality they're really ethical they, and then I, but how do you know if in a year's time they're not trying to cut because they're a business when all said and done and they're trying to cut corners or trying to increase their profit margins how do I know that they're not decreasing the quality of their produce and I'm not giving Ronnie the best there is anymore. oh I know I how know. do you, how do you know <laughs> Yeah, thing is, you're not gonna know. And uh, one of the problems with raw now, as well, like I am, I feed mine raw. Well, I feed them a mixture, mainly raw, sometimes cooked, depending on what's going on. But like, I've, I exclusively, well, sometimes I do the minces. Like, I might get some like whole uh, minced hair from you know the dog's butcher or something like that. If I fancy just like a nice easy week, you know, mm. like to for feeding, but. Most of the time I exclusively do DIY because a lot of the raw companies, they they put like things like complete on the label where, you know, it's like it's an 80-10-10. So depending on which raw model you feed in, that might be complete to some people. But I follow the ancestral model, which includes seafood and fruits and veggies. So it's not complete for me, but you might get pet parents who 
think, oh, yeah, it's an 801010, it's complete, that's all I need to feed my dog. But then there's another problem with it. It might claim to be a pheasant 801010, but it's got pheasant meat and bone, but then it's got beef organs in it. But mm. it doesn't specify that it's beef organ. It just says liver and lungs, which is and then another problem because it's 10% oh, it just liver says and awful, lungs. doesn't it? It just yeah. says awful. And, that, and that's what I struggle with. What You've got, you know, you've got the same manufacturer that does 801010, and a lot of people say 801010 is what they need. And then you've got 801010 and they do complete. Well, what's the difference? What how yeah, do you know that you're doing the right thing? Exactly. How do you know how do you know what one you should be choosing? So then I, I've started looking at the ingredients and, and, and I hope and I think I know what I'm looking at, but I don't really, and it's really confusing. And I'm in a constant battle with myself to yeah. am I doing the right thing? And I and I'm constantly looking at different raw manufacturers and ingredients i drive myself mad with it cat i drive myself mad i'm constantly if i'm not looking at if i'm not watching the telly if i'm on the internet or on my phone nine times out of ten i'm looking at dog butchers or online places that sell dog food to try to see what's out there is there something better than i'm currently thinking oh, it's i'm so constantly doing it. though isn't it i know and it's so hard because obviously you're literally sat there fretting about whether I mean you've you've got you've got Ronnie on raw, he's been eating more all his life, so he's getting a, the most species appropriate diet, and obviously he is in good health because you can see it, and you still sat there bullying yourself about your decisions because like even the raw and natural feeding world has just become so barbaric in it's jumped on the bandwagon with market employees and then you get the high quality brands who are really trying to do their bit and they're trying to be sustainable and they're getting high quality meats it's organic it's grass-fed and they're really clear and transparent about what they put on the labels and where the food comes from. And then obviously, like with everything, you get the lower end of the scale who literally just kind of like just bosh it all together. And they say that it's 10% bone. But when you feed it, your dog's poop comes out and it's like pure chalk. So, you know, it's not just 10% bone because your dog wouldn't react in that way if it was. So it's kind of like, you know, you think you go off the label, which is what you do for dry and wet foods as well, mm. which is a whole different kettle of fish. And you think you're doing the right thing, but then the circumstances tell you otherwise. And then you think, well, what am I supposed to do then? You're just like yes. screaming out, asking for how am I supposed to navigate this situation, which is, you know, it should be as simple as raw meaty bones, organ meats, you know, bit of fish or whatever. And now it's just like one big puff of full. It is. And, and I think as well, you... you everybody's everybody's got a different opinion haven't they so i've yeah. looked on because no then i've started thinking i started getting into right i'm going to do it myself how difficult is it to do it myself how difficult is it to do it fresh because at least then i know what he's having and then that's a minefield because i think what do i know what do i know the proportion of stuff he's supposed to have do i know does he does he need you know just meat and bone for some of the time and fruit and veg for some of the time or does he need fruit and veg all of the time does he need oily fish all of the time should it go yeah. in every meal and you just and then i've overwhelmed myself so then i go back to the pre-made raw because i think well, at least at least they know <laughs> they know more than i do so yeah so again you know and then and then there's the whole issue of treats that's a whole different ball game again in terms of what's healthy treats what what treats should they have it should it just be yeah. you know meaty bones or should it be dried treats that are natural and are they natural enough or you know it's, yeah. it's and it's how do knowing, you know how do you know and it's trusting yeah. how do you trust what you're told and how do you know the difference and you know i am one of them that when you know when christmas comes as i said at the beginning he's a spoiled boy so i am one of them dog mums that he has christmas presents and birthday presents and birthday cakes that are for dogs and all of them things we make a proper big fuss of, of ron all the time you know oh, we, as many people say <laughs> you know it, we we live with we just exist with ron this is ron's ass it's ron's world and we all just move around him <laughs> so, so you know when other people buy because other people have jumped on this bandwagon with me so a lot of my friends buy ronnie christmas presents and they buy ronnie birthday presents oh do they i haven't got kids so ronnie is my he is yeah. my boy yeah so they they, they they jump on that and they and, and but sometimes they buy him things and i think oh and i sort of shudder a little bit and, oh, and you have to sort of like put on the grateful face but then think <laughs> yeah. like who am i going to give that to <laughs> oh, and then I, think, I can't give it away if it's that bad i can't give it away and sometimes i think oh sod it he can have it it's only once and yeah. then i think oh no, no. Have, I, you know, have i undone I all the work that I'm 
you just conflict yourself. You like you have this conflict in your mind, don't you? Like, oh, it's Christmas, you know, we deserve a treat. But it's like, yeah, but does it really? Does that it, kind of treat? I'd sooner give him a fresh piece of cooked turkey off my dinner plate, Ooh. you know, as a treat rather than. <laughs> oh, and don't get me wrong. And I've done that. And I think last Christmas, it wasn't just Christmas, it was the Christmas before. I thought, oh, as a treat, I'll give him a Christmas dinner that I've cooked. I didn't put any gravy on it. So it was cooked turkey yeah. and it was a little tiny bit of potato and it was veg and little and the Brussels sprouts cat never again and I know oh. there is a school of thought that says Brussels sprouts are all right for dogs and they're healthy never all I'm gonna say is never again so uh -oh. it, it was like a cart if the if I could have walked well let me just say I was in bed and I knew something the gas <laughs> it woke me in and up and if if, it, if we would have been in a cartoon the air would have been green it was oh, like that it was no. absolutely horrific yeah and I thought did I give him too many what it, I just don't I know whether they just didn't agree. <laughs> just because he's not used to it, that's what oh. it is. Because he's not used to it. That's so. All. I've never, I've not given him a Brussels sprout since. And they and are really new, good for them, though. But yeah, and my new obsession is mushrooms. My new obsession oh, yeah. is mushrooms, good. and they're good for. I've, yeah, I know that they're good for them, but um, again, I've read on the internet, and some people say you cook them, you've got to cook them. Some people say no, you don't, you don't have to cook them. And I just think, oh, God, do you cook them? Do you not cook them? So I've not given them to him because I don't oh, know yeah. what, I'm, yeah. what I'm doing. Well, to be fair, I would cook them. I would cook them slightly just because they can be tough for them to break down unless mm. you're blending them up. Right. Um, so I would slightly cook them. Um, and and if you get confused about which ones you can feed, if you can eat it, so can they. It's fine, yeah. yeah. But I think so, it just, it's, the internet is a blessing and a curse, isn't it? Because... You look it up and, and you, there's so much information on it that it just it just swivels my brain and, I, and, yeah. I, and then I, I get I overwhelm myself and I think it's oh, no, I'm just gonna stick doing it's what tough. I'm doing. Yeah, because, because you're then sat there right. in a, Yeah, and you're sat there in a frenzy and it's it comes from this this paranoia of something happening to them doesn't it you know the anxiety we spoke about it on the podcast before the anxiety of losing your pet or your pet becoming ill mm. is like the the thing that does send you down this path of you know exploration and it's it's sort of like it should be preparing food for ron should be such an enjoyable experience for you and yet it causes so much stress mm. but it's the same for lots of us you know yeah. especially if we've got different health issues to navigate and it is it's tough because there are so many people in the in the canine nutrition industry and even the companies you know every business needs marketing if you haven't got marketing you don't have a business and mm. basically people want their food to seem like it's the best and why wouldn't they They're trying to sell it to people so like even though you know from the outside you look at all these brands and they all claim to be the best thing so how are you actually supposed to know when you know all you're going off is what they tell you so it is it's just so so tough for pet parents to navigate at the minute and i mean even like even on packs of kibble you get packs of kibble that say minimally processed on the front of the packet but if a food is kibble it's been cooked a number mm. of times and it is a highly processed food because it is a small brown cooked biscuit so mm. like so they're putting on the front of the packet minimally processed, which is a complete lie because in order to get a kibble, you have to cook the ingredients several times and then squeeze it through big grids, which makes the little kibble shapes and then like cook it again. So it stays in shape. And it's like, but you say it's the nutrition in that. Yeah. So it's it that like, many times. Yeah. But they're saying on the packet, it's minimally processed. So a consumer's going into the pet shop and picking up and it's like, oh, this one's good. It says minimally processed. Mm. We should be feeding foods that aren't as processed. But mm. really, it's just the same thing. And I, so, I was that person, and it'd say, you know, ninety. What, what the one that really got me in the kibble world is, you'd, it'd, it'd say like eighty percent meat, and I feel oh, that's good. But when you actually read the back, <laughs> it, it's not at all. It's, it might be, it, you don't know how much of that is fresh meat and how much of it is like chicken yeah. meal, or, and what is, what even is that, you know? And you, yeah. and it will say like vet approved, and it will say, you know, the we've got our own in-house nutritionist, and you, so you trust it, don't you? And it, you and, do. And it, and it is the same with, I mean, you know, I've said I'm, I'm on the internet constantly looking at all the raw places where you can get the mints and where you can get raw meaty bones and all of that. And 
And the one that confuses me in raw is you get like 50% bone, chicken mince, 50% bone. And I think, yeah. is that, I thought it was, you know, 20% at most, 10%. And yet they sell chicken mince that's got 50% bone. So I'm thinking, is that right? Is it not right? Is that, if I was to feed him that, what would happen? Is that too much? Yeah. Oh, this is where, this is where you kind of like, this is where you need to know. Um, the differences between the different bone percentages. So if you were feeding it DIY and you had, like, say a chicken neck is 30% um, bone um, and a duck neck is 50% bone, then because each of the raw meaty bones have got a different percentage of bone and meat. Um, yeah. So you could have a mince that was 50% bone, um, but then obviously you'd have to feed like a different amount of muscle meat to counteract the bone if that makes sense mm. and this is where it gets confusing because like obviously the raw food companies they don't have to tell you how to build your bowl they just kind of like sell you the stuff but mm. there's loads of people out there who are just sort of like if they think you know they need to put 10 percent bone in the diet if that mince has got bone in it they'll just sort of like weigh out it with the bone and include the meat in the weight if that makes sense yeah yeah it won't account for the meat in that as well so this is where you know pet parents have to be careful and make sure they do know what they're doing if they're doing diy because it is really easy to get it wrong if you don't and actually that's what puts people off doing it and yet yeah and yet i still think that well my new school of thought is if i do it myself i'm going to at least know what i'm giving him because i don't know what the quality i'm only trusting as i said raw the raw manufacturers and the new kibble manufacturers i'm trusting what they're telling me but i don't actually yeah. know if it's right yeah. and i don't know if it's the right thing for him so i'm starting to move into you know i've started i mean i'm getting brave i've started to put you know raw egg on the top and, <laughs> and a little bit of raw veg so i'm add, i'm adding but i'm doing it slowly slowly because i'm thinking i still don't know whether i'm giving because i've got he's got a raw a ready-made raw if you like i'm yeah. thinking well, has, he, has he already got like if it's complete and it's got fruit and vegetables in it and berries, if yeah. I then put a bit of broccoli on the top, am I giving him too much of the of the veg? So yeah. I'm only doing well, it small small quantities. Another thing is though as well, like some of these meals that they'll 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 say they'll say complete on the front and it'll be a raw food, it'll be a ready made raw, but then it's sort of like seventy percent meat and thirty percent veg, mm. and it's like yeah really that's complete mm. you know <laughs> which raw feeding model is that you know but you like... go for complete don't you? if you don't know you go for yeah. complete because you trust that that is a complete balanced meal yeah but you see and this is, is where the problem is like the pet food industry is not regulated like no. there's nobody checking these labels there's nobody checking these companies and there's nobody sort of saying right no you can't label that as complete i mean they have people who are in place to oversee such things but pet food companies have to self-regulate themselves and they have to basically declare that they have done everything that's on the checklist to say, yeah, we've done everything, we're going to label this as complete. But there's nobody actually enforcing the rules mm. and there's no there's no pet food companies being held accountable if they are selling something which doesn't actually, you know, meet what it says on the packet. I mean, like there's a study that um, Dr. Connie Braid has been talking about recently where I think it's 60% of kibbles in the UK that were tested which have complete and balanced on their label aren't actually complete and balanced to the AFCO standards when they've been tested. Mm -hmm. But on the packet, it says they are. So all these consumers are going out and buying these kibbles because they think it's a complete and balanced meal for their dog, when in reality, it's not. It's it doesn't not. contain all the essential nutrients that the dog needs. And that's probably the main reason why they buy it, because it's complete and balanced. Complete, and they yeah. think that they don't have to worry about adding anything else to the bowl because it's all in this packet, when actually... No, it's not. So and the, this well, is the one of the thing, problems. The other thing that I've wrestled with is another subject completely is supplements. Do, uh, you, do, do you give supplements? Don't you? Do you have to give supplements if it's complete? Or should should that not mean that that's they've got everything they need? And if I if I do give supplements, what ones should he have and when? And should he have oh, every yeah. day? Or should I swap yeah. them and you know, And that's a minefield as well, isn't it? And and yeah. and I read a, I read a study recently about salmon oil. And, you know, everybody's been led to believe, is, I mean, I 
believe that you should have if you're going to do your raw and your ready mate or your diy you should put your fish in yourself and that's where they'd get their fish from but there are people and you see it on instagram don't you where people are doing their bowls and they're squirting a couple of squirts of salmon oil in and i read something and i've done i've done that i've been that person that squirted salmon oil in because i've wanted yeah. to make sure that he's got it and yeah. then i read a, i read a study that said that I don't know if it was 60% of salmon oils, when they did a test of the quality of them, they'd gone rancid because they'd been on the shelf for so long. And yeah. You, so when you get a, a bottle of salmon oil, if that's it's what true. you choose to do, you don't know what the quality of that is either. No, you? and I mean, most most salmon oils are rancid before they're even bottled mm. up because, yeah. because it's, you know, it it's really sensitive to oxygen and oxidation. And it's just it's just one of those things that if you are going to feed fish oil to your pets you need to make sure you get it from a really really you know good quality company who have and so how much do you transparency and how do you know what yeah. they because you're and only you, going on what they're saying aren't you yeah and if you if you bought it in a bottle which has a lid that screws off every time you take that lid off mm. well the mm. thing is a good quality salmon oil shouldn't smell like fish Yes, it yeah. shouldn't smell like fish. So if it does, then it's rancid, and rancid fats cause you know they wreak havoc inside your dog's body. So you might be loads of people are doing it, loads just banging the salmon oil in the bowl and thinking they're doing the best for the pet when it's not, not. actually. Yeah. You know, it's might it might even be causing more damage than you know what you would have been doing it with leaving it out of the bowl in in the mm. first place. And that is one of the things that annoys me. It's like people, companies who and truly passionate about dogs and their health and improving their lifespan and you know reducing disease and everything like that they're just trying to find a way to make money and they're exploiting the pet owners because they know people love their dogs with all their life and they'll do anything if it means they'll get an extra mm. even week to spend yeah. with their dog they're just exploiting that fear and they're creating these products and they're basically saying this is going to save your dog and make it live longer. And, you know, it's not. And this is why it annoys me so much that I always try to advise people, don't just shop for supplements that are designed for dogs. If you do, make mm. sure you've researched the company. Most of the time, you can find whole foods available in the human market in fresh form. And you can feed them to your dog and still get the same benefits. Like for joints and things like that, you can use turmeric. Turmeric has, yeah. it's the most researched superfood like in the world guarantee you will find a study with a link to turmeric for you know like there's cancer mm. there's joints inflammation everything you can use it the golden paste for your dogs it really does work you know that's one example and then obviously with the fish the salmon oil like you say you are better to just feed the whole fish like small oily fish like sprats sardines sardines are all wild because there are mm. that many of them that you know you don't have to worry about them being farmed and being low quality because they're all just caught in these massive nets out in the ocean and everything like that so you know you can get them in the supermarket in a tin you can yeah, buy them from raw spring, food companies okay. yeah they're in spring water, spring water yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's fine if you feed them cooked if that's what works for you that's fine you can buy a bag a kilo bag of sardines from a raw food supplier for a fiver yeah like you know in in the tin I think it's what is it 90 grams when they're drained mm. 90 grams of cooked fish when they're drained for like well i think it's 50 pieces it's, it's stuffing the same, isn't it? it's isn't pennies it? yeah they're cheap sardines out there because they leave all the skin on and the bones and everything but this yeah, is what annoys yeah. me like they find a hole in the market and they find a fear in the pet parent and, they... and i'm that person i must yeah. be i am that the marketing companies on their dream because i walk in they can <laughs> they'll tell me that that's, this is gonna this is gonna make ronnie live you know two three Aww. years i'm all over it because you but it's not fair you do you be true i know i'm not on my own i know that and and but i think even what i think the struggle now and i think the struggle is real is that like i say you think you've cracked it and, and i have to just remind myself whenever i get overwhelmed about it because it is my passion as you've probably gathered is I have to remind myself that even if even if I find I think I'm doing the right thing and I find that actually there is something better, I'm still doing a lot better than a lot of dogs. I'm still yeah, Ronnie's yeah. still got you know he's he's been on raw since he was eight weeks old. He, yeah. you know so even with all that said, I've got to stop. I've got to get off the treadmill and stop beating myself up about it you, and stop driving myself mad. <laughs> you, do. 
you need to stop having yeah. so many conversations with yourself but I mean mm. it's hard it's hard to do because at the end of the day that fear is still there you just mm. want him to live forever don't you so yeah oh yeah no it's just it's completely natural and trust me you are not alone with that I mean I have <laughs> moments like that you know all the time and I'm pretty sure everybody listening to this podcast will have these conversations with themselves especially mm. like when they're talking about trying new foods and things because another thing is <laughs> people like the the fear of doing things wrong is also like mm. really um made a big fuss about as well isn't it so yeah. you've got the you know you can buy all the foods and and put them in the bowl and you know basically just hope for the best time i'm doing it right but then there's the people that say you know don't do this don't do too much of this and then you just think how am i supposed to figure mm. out where the the balance is in the middle and... well you doubt yourself don't you? you think you've got it and then somebody will yeah. say something because everyone's got an opinion on it these days it feels like yeah and you just doubt yourself and i think for me what i'm looking for is that one version of the truth that one tr so i can think right i'm gonna follow this i'm gonna follow this plan i'm gonna follow i'm gonna do this because in my yeah heart of art so i know it's the right i know it's the right thing to do or yeah. you know i've got to trust that you know i think i think for me i mean i i followed well i basically did um an 80 10 10 for the first few years i did 80 10 10s with a few like additions on the top like veggies eggs fish i've done salmon oil before i've done salmon oil before <laughs> i have um and and then for me, it was finally started having really bad problems with like environmental allergies and sensitivities and the 801010s. I just couldn't trust what was in the mix. Mm. Like it was the issue with like it being it's saying it was a single protein, but the like the liver was from a different animal, like beef. Like he can't have beef or chicken. Um, mm. And everything's got beef and chicken in it. All the completes have got beef and chicken in it because obviously they're the cheapest. So the companies yeah. use them to fill it out or you know some of the some of the mixers have a lot of heart meat in because that's cheap or they have a lot of tripin which is no good for a dog with allergies or sensitivities because of the histamine so there's all these different reasons mm. and so but i did that for years because i i couldn't figure out which model i wanted to follow because i was like you i was like confused <laughs> there was that much information out there i was like right do you know I don't know which one I want to do. I don't know which one's for the best. And then through doing like um, studies and stuff like that, I learned like now I made my choice to follow the ancestral diet model um, because mm. looking at all the different types of raw feeding, that is the one that feels right in my gut. You know what I mean? To me, yeah. it yeah. falls in line with my own food philosophy. I agree with the whole concept of feeding fish for the omega-3s because quality of the meat these days is so low that the omega-6 is higher than it would have been if it was in its natural form yeah, yeah so you use the fish to counteract that and then obviously dogs get loads of human diseases which they shouldn't be getting and obviously the phytonutrients in vegetables help your body build the immune system and fight against disease so that's why i like the veggies in there so i really kind of fell in love with this model and i have to say since i've been following this model and basing raw and cooked diets around it it's the same for both um obviously you just don't cook the bone in the cooked you, you use a bone yeah. replacement um but i have to say that it has been such a smoother process for me and that is basically what i base all my principles off now so i know for a fact that when you do make your decision <laughs> you may find a little bit of peace it's just how you know you need to kind of just decide what your fresh food philosophy is and if you like it. it yeah and mm. if you like it if you like it then go with it like you know yeah. if it gives you a good feeling or do you get a good feeling about loads of stuff is that why you get confused well yeah because well, i'm because i'm that marketing dream where i look yeah oh, you know, this looks good that and i'm forever looking at ingredients and i think you know that that's another one you know as we've spoke before about my sister's little puppy Bo, who yeah. has got allergies and we're trying to work we're in the process at the moment of trying to work out what it is that's triggering those allergies and that's a long process yeah. and you you just want to fix it overnight don't you, you want to go yeah. right it's that and it's not as simple as that and so we're doing a you know looking at the single proteins and, and exactly as you said you think it's single protein and then when you look it actually isn't no. and you think well it, it, oh, where do we go where, what are we doing it's so annoying 
Yeah. Like it makes me, I'm not going to say it makes me angry because I, I don't tend to get angry because it's not good for you, but um, it annoys me because I think it's so unfair. It's misleading, isn't it? It's misleading to people that are trying to do the right thing. Yeah, because there's a lot of people, you know, these companies don't tell you exactly how to feed it. They don't say no. this. Some of them might say this is a complimentary pet feed. Half people don't even know what that means. They're like, what do you mean a complimentary pet feed? What's that? Yeah, you know? what's, it, what's it complimentary with? That's the thing. Yeah. You do see that a lot, don't you? So yeah. what you mean, what that means, what, what should it go with? But they don't tell you that. And you yeah. and it's like some of the some even some of the well known raw brands that you've seen, when you look at they say, don't they, free flow, hundred percent free flow, you know, free flowing beef or whatever. And when you look at the bone content, you think, well, I don't know if that, you know, that is it what I thought was a good quality, it actually isn't, or is it? Yeah. Or, and then you've got bone <laughs> loss, haven't you? And you think, oh my God. <laughs> and then you and then you should be swapping your proteins around. Oh, so you, yeah. you know, and it you just in the end it's easier and I think that's that's part of my problem is it's easier to just go I'm going to trust a company to do it for me yeah but I keep coming back to that niggle that is yeah but how much do I trust them because I don't yeah. trust no one so I've got to trust myself first <laughs> when, it, when it's to do with your pet though you don't trust anyone nope. do you you're always no. conscious about letting your guard down and things but another thing with the completes as well is that you know some dogs might think that they've developed an intolerance to a certain protein if they've been eating completes but it might not be the protein it might be something like obviously the completes have like a bit of vegetable probably some like spirulina mm. a bit of fish or uh, chia seeds it could be the chia seeds be that, that yeah that, you know it could be the small stuff just because it's not the majority of the meal doesn't mean it's not causing a problem on the inside you know yeah. so and I think a lot of people probably say well you can't have that because it's chicken but if you actually tried a, an organic chicken or you know just a plain chicken without the added bits in then might be okay right. which is yeah is another thing because I, I think some people see it as a complete meal but a lot of people probably don't even read what's in the back well they don't and I've been guilty of that before yeah. when I first started my raw journey I thought it wasn't you didn't really get complete then it was a weighty 10 10 so i thought that was all yeah. it was i thought 80 10 10 was it but <laughs> if you follow if you follow the prey model that is complete that is it yeah yeah, yeah. and then that was that was what i came across and then when it got when i saw complete i thought oh that's got to be better because clearly what i was doing before wasn't complete and you know because I, I didn't really i didn't really read the back i thought well, they're telling me it's complete and they're you know yeah. they, they know what they're talking about and i'm just yeah. i'm winging i'm winging it to be honest yeah and and it, and it's just that you know now as i say it is it is a bit of an it is an obsession for me and it is one that i'm glad to have but i've got to i'm at the point now where i've got to get off and i've got to go right you've got to get off I'm the going. train yeah this is what i'm going with i've done good for five years he's been on raw he's done you know that's a damn sight better than a lot of other people so but I've not, i'm at the point now where i've got to go right this is the model i'm going to follow this is what yeah. I'm going to do because it's right for Ronnie and it's right for me, you know, and that yeah. and that's where we're going. And I've just got to stop. I've got to stop looking. I've got to trust. You know what? They're what, what are you going to do with all your time? What are you going to do? Well, I'll, I'll, be making, I'll be making up my, my bowls. I'll be back <laughs> for Ron. Next time, time you post it on Instagram, it'll be all these fancy yeah, laid out oh. meals with the swirls <laughs> and the flowers. That'll be no, where you're might, going next. No, it'll be a bowl with an egg on the top. <laughs> Oh, but it'll be yeah. homemade. That that's that's the plan. Yeah, good. So, what do you think is the best thing about your turbulent journey? Believe it or not, even though I've confused myself, it's it's the amount of stuff that I've picked up along the way, and how yeah. how, how sort of invested I am in it, and how yeah. passionate I am in it. Yeah, because I mean, you can tell you're passionate about it just simply because <laughs> of how many questions you ask yourself. You know, that shows that you are clearly thinking about every single angle and aspect of the decisions that you make for Ronnie. It does, it shines through. And, and I've, to got, be fair, I've got people that follow me on Instagram that I've never met before that have yeah. said to me, you know, Ronnie's Ronnie looks really healthy and really well. What do you feed him? And I've told them and I've tried to help them. And I've, there's been people that have been that have fed kibble that have stopped feeding kibble and gone on to raw because Ronnie's on raw. And that's the biggest compliment anyone could ever pay. Yeah. I don't know what raw they're feeding them. Yeah. I don't get into it because that, that I'm not qualified to get involved in that. I can just say what I do. But yeah. if I've got, if one person's gone off of kibble because of something that I've said or 
or the way that Ronnie looks and how healthy he is, then I'll take that as a win, you know, and, and, and I'm really passionate about that. So I think that's that's my biggest, biggest yeah. win, I yeah. think, uh, through this whole journey is, is the fact that I've managed to help people get off of kibble and, and get um, even get them thinking about what they're putting into their dogs. Yeah. And if yeah, I can do that just for a couple of people, then I'll, I'll have that all day long. You've made changes, haven't you? You've made an impact mm. in the world, definitely. Not just to Ronnie, to the me. people around you as well. Yeah, yeah that does for, that'll do for me. So what do you think? Um, if there, you know, well, any is there anything you would say to other pet parents who might be struggling with the conscious battle of trying to figure out what is the right thing to do? What well, advice I'd, would you give them? I'd say don't do what I did, just just trust yourself and do <laughs> if, if, if you're doing if you think you're doing the best you can with what you've got then go with it because if you're feeding raw you're doing the right thing and you're doing better than you would be on kibble so don't beat yourself up about it just do a little bit of research 100 because you've got to do that but don't yeah. drive yourself mad and do what i'm going to try to do and and decide what it is you want to do and stick to it don't don't yeah. unless you've got loads of time on your hands and you are a saddo like me don't, <laughs> don't go down the rabbit hole because you, you are you know trust yourself trust that you're doing the best you can with what you've got and and don't beat yourself up about it you know i do yeah. despite everything that i've said there are times that i'll give ronnie things that he shouldn't have still and there are things there are times that i just go oh it's all right you know and and it's you know it, i've got a brilliant dog walker and her son who take because I like because I've got a thing about socializing Ronnie because he's a staffy and so we've I've been yeah. I've been really big on getting him socialized from a tiny age to make sure that he's all right around because he's a bit you know he's an anxious boy so he goes and he loves going on his group walks he absolutely loves it but she boards Ronnie for me when I go on holiday and when he go when he, he I go on holiday and Ronnie stays with her we go back to kibble, but we go back to a freeze dried. So I go with the best kibble I've got because I don't want to encroach on her freezer space or get her making yeah. food. And because I yeah. don't want to, you know, she's doing me enough of a favour as it is. And it settles my soul that Ronnie's with her. I'd never yeah. put him in kennels. So she is a godsend. So whatever works for her, I swallow it for that week or two. Yeah. And it, and it, and it doesn't sit right with me in truth, but I have to go look it's only for it's only for 10 days or a week or two weeks tops and then we'll go back to what we were doing before he's the world's not going to stop turning because he's at because he's at a freeze dried good quality because i always make sure it's the best quality i can find <laughs> and i'm doing my <laughs> research before so, but the fact that if he's at kibble for two weeks a freeze dried good the best quality you know it's not going to kill him because he's done it for two weeks and i just yeah. have to remind myself of that and then we'll get back on and it that's when okay I'm back. and yeah. that's all right and it, you know it doesn't sit right with me but it is what it is and you've got to do what's right for not only yeah. for, obviously firstly for your dog but there's going to be times when situation you know there's times when raw just doesn't work isn't there because you're away or yeah. you haven't got the freezer space so then what do you do and it, as long as you're doing the best you can with what you got that's enough you know and i think that that's what i would say mostly yeah you know, that, that is what i'd say yeah i think that's important that is definitely important because like you say obviously you do a lot of beating yourself up um <laughs> and that probably you know removes some of the joy out of preparing <laughs> ronnie's meals you know it, it should be an enjoyable experience it should be a time for you to bond you know you're preparing the meal you get excited you're like oh ronnie look what i've got for you today you know and it's like should be like that so i'm really looking forward to you making your choice and jumping <laughs> off this of this conscious mm. battle train and you know stepping into the future of your no fuss fresh feeding yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm starting it cat we're doing it together you, you said <laughs> that we're going to work together and do it and i and i and i really want you know i'm lucky because ronnie loves his food and he you know he does that little cute spin when i put the bowl down and he, he does yeah. a little tap dance and that so, so he loves the food he's getting oh, but i but yeah. i just want to make sure that for you I, yeah yeah that i'm getting i'm giving him the best i can and that I, I want to enjoy making his food and I think I'll get a bit like you know the British Bake Off in it I want to be like that as passionate as people yeah. are about making cakes I want to be like that about making Ronnie's yeah. bowls yeah. <laughs> where I where I make it and I'm really pleased with it when I put it down and yeah no definitely I completely understand that I completely understand it and don't worry we will get there brilliant <laughs> <laughs> so Trish um if any of our beautiful listeners want to find you and have a look at the beautiful ronnie ronnie doesn't actually have his own instagram does he but uh, you do so where doesn't. 
Oh, no. He, do he doesn't because he won't let me take photos. Taking photos of Ronnie is a mission in itself. So it's pointless him having his own because I wouldn't have enough content. But I'm just Trish Widley on Instagram or Facebook. So you can, if you want to see Ronnie, the handsome boy that he is, feel free to come and have a look. Yeah, lovely. So I will put your Instagram handle in the show notes as well. So anyone can, you know, follow along the journey. Maybe, maybe we'll see some bowls. Yeah, up in the that, that's the challenge. Once I start maybe. making them, yeah. see. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I've really enjoyed that conversation because I do think it is, it's good to talk about the frustrations that we experience as pet parents and, you know, the, the frustrations that you feel and these constant conversations you have with yourself in your own mind and your self-doubt and your anxieties and, you know, you know it's, it's ultimately that lack of confidence and that is one of the things that I want to change with you know for pet parents with regards to their dogs nutrition because from where i sit you know i can give you the tools to help you build your bowl with confidence and once you learn how you'll wonder why you know you didn't do it sooner because yeah. it is so simple when you follow just a simple set you know a simple method so I'm glad we explored this topic because I do genuinely think there are more people sat at home having these constant battles within their own minds every single day than what you think or what you care to realise. I just I just don't think you're on your own with this at all. I mean, I do it. I do it. I've got, you know, I, well, I like to think I've got my dog's diet figured out and we follow the same method every time and I still have conversations like that. It's just, you know, it's just natural. Um, so I'm glad you did bring this I'm glad you brought this topic with you. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I hope you've enjoyed being on the podcast. And um, if you ever decide you want to come back, if you make some great revelations in your fresh feeding journey, I will always be happy to have you. Brilliant. Thank you Th very much. No problem, Trish. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another great episode of the My Dog Made Me Do It Naturally podcast. Don't forget to check out the caption for any links discussed here today. And please, if you enjoyed the show, follow along and listen for free on your favourite podcast app. If you have any questions or would like to share your story, feel free to email me at mydogmademedoitnaturally at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Purpose of this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be substituted as advice from a veterinarian or other professional. It does not form a client relationship with me, the host or any guest speakers and any information is not intended to and does not diagnose, treat, cure or prevent disease. In my guests express our own views, thoughts and opinions as individuals and the podcast neither endorses or opposes the views, products or services discussed here. If your pet is ill, always seek advice from your veterinarian. I am not a veterinarian and I do not treat disease or offer medical advice.